You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, yoga teacher. Today's episode is an on-air coaching call where I take a fellow yoga teacher through a mini strategy session. These on-air coaching calls are a great way to get a taste of what it's like to work with me one-on-one, but they're also a fascinating peek into the brain and business of other yoga teachers. The teachers who participate are incredibly generous and brave to allow me to share their experience, their stories on the podcast, and I have so much respect for each of them. If you would like my help with your teaching or your yoga business, I'd love to connect with you. You can find out more about my paid strategy sessions at teachingyoga.net slash coaching. You can also get peer help from other listeners on the Yoga Teacher Resource Facebook group. If you're not a member yet, go to teachingyoga.net slash join. And if you're curious about doing an on-air coaching call yourself and sharing your story with my podcast audience, I currently offer those opportunities to patrons of the podcast. To find out more about becoming a patron, go to teachingyoga.net slash patron. That's P-A-T-R-O-N, patron. In fact, I'd love for you to go do that right now. Pause this, and when you come back, we'll jump into today's conversation. What would you like to get out of our time together? My primary goal is I did this whole putting together my yoga business backwards. I was traveling around with my daughter. She was doing high fashion runway modeling in New York, Milan, and Paris. And so for four years, I was traveling all around the world and I had clients in all of those cities doing privates one-on-one, doing workshop type situations, I would come home and I would do like a four week series or a six week series, but I was never tied to a studio for doing studio yoga. Um, And so during that time, I just housed everything under girlfriendsguru.com and Miranda Peterson, our mutual friend, helped me develop my website. And that was basically my studio home. And So I started having people say, Kelly, I want to do your New York. I want to go to New York and go to Jivamukti Yoga. And I want to explore Kundalini at Golden Bridge. And what is this Namaste bookstore you're talking about? And so I started leading women on travel trips and we And all things were kind of humming along and I had a New York retreat planned for April of COVID. And then all of a sudden, oh, and then I had my podcast business as well. And that was growing and gaining, you know, followers. And I was, I was gaining uh, subscribers and all of that was all about Girlfriends Guru Talk Travel Transformation. And then all of a sudden there was no travel. (laughs) We were only left with transformation, but how does everybody transform at home? How does everybody transform when they can't get together? So I just feel like there's some pivoting that I need to do and I'm not exactly sure I, I 
see all of that. And I know that you are a great big big picture thinker. Um, and I am also finding that people are craving the in-person. So I've actually been doing a weekly outdoor yoga class and I'm doing smaller you know, yoga and than I've done in the past. And that's of course not nearly as profitable. Um, and it's hard to sustain my podcast business with that. And so that's kind of where I feel like, what do I need to be thinking and doing so that way I can continue to do all these things post COVID. That was a really long way of saying my goals. <laughs> so what is your goal for today? My goal for today is to grow my podcast business and my online yoga business. Who is the person that you're trying to reach with the podcast and the online yoga business? What I am tapping into is women who are seeking a transformational journey. And um, it's kind of what I've been setting up is kind of the tools that I used. In 2012, my mother passed away and I was the first of my friend group to have lost their mother. It was quite you know, early on. And so I went through this big transformational journey, but I kind of did it on my own. And it was really lonely, honestly. Like I, I did not have the community in place to do sort of my yoga journey. And I know that there are people out there. I know that there are people at home during COVID times that, you know, are in this cocoon phase and they're seeking tools to, um, I had always been happy, but I knew I could be happier. And then certainly when my mom passed away, I was devastated. My heart was broken and I was very much not happy anymore and I couldn't get my mojo back. So I think these times in women's life are different. I mean, it may be going off to college. It may be um, a career that's not going the way you thought it was. It could be a divorce. It could be um, you're just kind of at midlife. I'm, I am almost 50 years old, and so I'm at that, you know, how to change my life without changing my life kind of thing. So that's my target audience. My podcast reaches, I wanted to teach, I love teaching yoga, and that is certainly like one of my first passions, but I wanted to talk more about the subtle practices and the philosophy of yoga, and so that's really what I explore in my podcast. So that's for people who want to go on a deep dive um, and explore some of the other things that, you know, you can't they may not want to do a 500 hour yoga teacher training like I did. Right. You know, but they, they want access to some of that wisdom and information. So that's kind of what I'm sharing. From the podcast, what is it that you offer online currently? So for the podcast, I, I it's all loaded on Apple, Spotify, et cetera. And what I do is I bring in guests that helped me on my transformational journey. So the whole thing about behind Girlfriends Guru is not that hey, girlfriends, I think I'm the guru. It's, hey, girlfriends, let me tell you about some of my gurus. So for example, um, I just had one of my 
favorite um, persons who does gong sound healing in New York. So I had Jared come and we kind of dissected the alchemy of sound. Um, I, you know, I've had Indu Aurora talking about yoga nidra and explaining some of the Sanskrit terms, even simple things like namaste. What does that mean? You know, I've had Sierra Hollister um, and we've talked about um, moon path wisdom, you know, so I'm just bringing those little bits and pieces um, to my, to the audience. And so it's kind of like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, but it's always something fun. Yeah, that sounds lovely. What I think I didn't phrase my question quite clearly. What I mean is that to that audience, you said you want to grow your podcast and online yoga. What is the online yoga? Because the podcast, unless you're looking for sponsors, the podcast is generally to increase your visibility so that more people know about you. But then you want to guide them into another phase of working with you. And that's what I'm wanting to hear about right now is what is that next phase? Yeah, I got it. Okay. So, and that is happening. Like when I had, so I do wellness weekends up at Eagle's Nest once a month um, throughout the rest of the summer into the fall. Um, We have this beautiful outdoor space um, up on the mountain. It's at Great Camp Main Stage. And I actually had several people who were listening to my podcast come and do that outdoor yoga. So that is starting to happen. Um, And I have online videos on girlfriendsguru.com. It's just YouTube videos. Um, And uh, but then I have it set up at first I did some zoom. Uh, I tend to be a yoga who likes to do like winter energy workshop, spring energy, summer energy workshop, fall energy. And so I did do a zoom spring energy workshop. Um, but then I found here summer people were tired. They had had zoom fatigue. So I I took that opportunity to do more of my stuff live and in person, even though they're smaller, but that's what I'm looking to set up for fall. Like, and I don't know the best way. Is it going to a yoga international platform? Is it just putting free content and say, make a donation to my Venmo? You know, that's sort of what I'm trying to figure out. Do I do a Zoom, um, you know, weekly class? What's, what do you think's working? What do you think's not? And that's the first thing I want to know is what is the intention or the higher purpose behind wanting to grow your online business? Why? It's just, I just remember that going through that transformational journey and feeling so alone and so broken and feeling like I was the only person going through what I was going through. So my biggest purpose is creating community and having a place where women can go and lift each other up and be there to support each other all along the journey. And when I was doing my retreats, that was happening. I had women from 35 to 65, you know, at my fall energy retreat and in Asheville. And I loved the interaction even between the girlfriends as they were supporting each other. And, um, but now like everything's COVID canceled. And so how do I create that 
in a way that people feel that love and support. I really want women to tap into their heart space. Um, I say it's a sort of, I have the butterfly, you know, sort of motif because it's cocoon butterfly. It's, we go through cocoon butterfly stages many different times in our lives. Um, But once you become a butterfly too, butterflies kind of fly on their own, right? And so it's like, where do you go to find the other butterflies, you know, so we can fly around together and have some fun, you know? So that's part of it is that just creating that love and connection and um, helping women really see that light in themselves, you know, and tapping into that. Um, you know, when I close my yoga class, you know, I say, you know, the light in me sees and honors the light within you. And I really, really mean that, you know, I know that when I'm at my heart space, like truly connected, that place that is me. And like, when you're at that place, that's truly you and you're connected to your soul, um, there is only one. Because I do feel like we're all, I have this like vision of like a vase and it's like shattered glass and we have, we're all these millions of bits of pieces, but we're really all the same vessel. And so I just want women to tap into their vessel, explore their divine feminine and um, have a support structure in which to, to do that. So the business model that, seems like it would probably be the best fit for your intention of creating community would be a membership model. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing with the membership model is to be really specific and strategic in the elements of the business model and not burden it down with too much things that are fluff or not helpful, but to talk to the people that you want in the membership and find out what would really be the most supportive for them. So it could be that they want on-demand videos that they can watch whenever. It could be that they want a community um, where you do maybe some Zoom meetings where everybody gets to participate. It could be that they want like a group, an online group, like face, like maybe a Facebook group. And there are other options that, that might be helpful. Um, And then you could even provide something going forward in the future where they can then meet in person as well. So that your online membership can support your in-person offerings as well once things start opening back up and and at whatever comfort level people are at. So for example, a discount on your online thing or online offerings that are exclusive for the people in the community because what can happen is that they can nurture connections virtually and then deepen them in person. Love that. How do you set that up <laughs> for somebody like that's that's the big thing too, like the technology. I feel a little bit, uh, I feel the technology barrier a little bit. So how best, what platform do you set that up through your website? Generally, it's going to be easier to 
use a platform that's specifically designed for memberships for online courses. There is a platform called Member Vault that you can have up to 100 members for free. So that's really nice. I haven't used it personally. I've recommended it to a lot of people because that, you know, being able to first set up your whole membership and then even get your founding cohort in without paying the platform fee, that's pretty huge for a lot of yoga teachers who aren't necessarily charging a ton or making a, a really big profit. And then once you have 100 members, well, you know, hopefully by then it really makes sense that you can, you can start to pay for the platform. Now, Member Vault is quite robust. It has a lot of features. So there would be a learning curve for sure in kind of figuring out how best to use those features and which ones you don't need. As far as... You know, I, and like I said, I haven't used it myself, so I can't speak to specifics. You can definitely get a lot of help from Member Vault itself. And generally, that's what I recommend doing in the beginning is just being willing to learn something new and, and dive into it and say, okay, this is a new skill set. I'm a baby beginner right now, and I'm just going to learn. Because if you hire someone right off the bat, then they understand something about your business that you don't. Right. And that's, that's not what this is about. It's all about growing, right? You know, so we're all supposed to grow in different ways, COVID, right? <laughs> so I'm learning new technology. Yeah. So I definitely, there's, you know, if you want to be an online business owner, there is a skill set to learn. There is a vocabulary to learn. And once you, once you really have a sense of this, the pieces that are needed for your business, then you can start hire, um, hiring people to take care of certain aspects of it. But I don't recommend hiring people before you understand it yourself, because then if you're trying to transition, you're kind of flying blind if that person doesn't end up working out. So I do, I do believe that the business owner should always understand the technology that their business is based on. Now, you don't have to understand the back end of the technology, but you need to understand how it works on a practical front end level. Is that the, that's not what you use for, I know you you have some podcasts that are free and some that are member. Is it the same co concept for that, for your podcast? So I'm actually in transition with my podcast, the way that I'm running the membership side of it. I started in April using the Patreon platform and the Patreon platform is designed for fans and supporters to support content creators of all types. So podcasters, artists, musicians, visual artists, anybody who's creating things and has followers and fans who want to support them. That's kind of what Patreon is for. And I found the, the platform to have some serious limitations and then considering those limitations, it's quite pricey. It takes quite a chunk. So I just, and the other thing is that I started out with the sense I, they have these, they have the capacity to have different tiers for your membership on Patreon. And I thought, Oh, how cool people can choose their level of support. In reality, it was confusing for people and they were like prevented or 
slowed down from making a decision about participating because they weren't sure which one was right for them. So the transition that I'm going through right now is I am leaving just the most basic um, the most basic level of support on Patreon, that's $5 a month. And that is really just for people who say, Hey, I really appreciate your podcast. I'm really glad it doesn't have ads on it. Let me kick you a few bucks every month to help with the costs of that. So that's what Patreon is for the upper two tiers. I'm consolidating into one and creating a membership out of that. I'm calling it the impact club because the idea is to provide support content and community to help yoga teachers make an impact on their audience through working together in this membership. So it's called the impact club and I'm moving that onto a course platform called Kajabi that I use for my online courses. So I have an online course called Workshops That Wow. I have an online course called The Foundations of a Yoga Business. And so I already have the, this course platform that I'm paying for. And so now I'm, going to, I'm bringing the Impact Club onto that platform. And the nice thing about Kajabi is that it is very flexible, much more flexible than Patreon. So I can, I can move people around. I can give them coupons. They can pay for a month. They can pay for a year. If I wanted to, I could offer quarterly payments. Like it's very, very flexible. Nice. And it's also better organized and easier to use from the user end. Got it. So do you think, so if I have, um, I already have my, um, my audience is, uh, for, for my yoga is about 1500 and my podcast list is already about 3000. So with having already having those higher numbers, which platform do you think is the best? Cause I think the one you said before you were saying a hundred, the uh, member vault, do you okay. think that that's the right way to go? Or do you think the course platform is the way to go? So the hundred is a hundred paying members. That is not a hundred names, uh, right? Not a hundred. Like you can have, I don't know exactly how many, but I know you can have a lot more names perfect. than that. And I don't even know if member vault is an email list provider management software. Anyway, you might have to have one separately. Kajabi right. is an all in one. Kajabi will manage your list for you if you want, but I actually don't have it do that. I have a different software that is specifically designed. I use convert kit for my email list. Got it. So well, I'm very protective of that list. I mean, like I just don't want to over right now. I am only contacting that list when I have a podcast release. So so I sent out a MailChimp that's curated with um, yoga videos, meditation, my podcast, everything sort of in one email um, twice a month. Okay. Is what I'm doing right now. But that's all free. You know what I'm saying? That's all free. And that's a lot of content every month. So maybe I'm not exactly capturing things the right way, probably. Am I, am I, am I, am I giving was, what is it that the, the, you say the cow, the milk's free or whatever? Am I? <laughs> no, 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 no. Here's okay. So here's the deal. I'm a big believer in giving away a lot for free. I don't think there's anything wrong that. with that. Okay. Let me share with you a little bit about email marketing strategy. Okay. That maybe a little bit of a turnaround from how you've been thinking about it and what you've been doing and might be helpful for you. Okay. One thing is 
it is okay for people to unsubscribe. I think that's the first and biggest thing is that we cannot control people. I've run into this so much in this line of work where we have this vision to help people. And so we believe in it so strongly that we end up getting very attached. And this is like this very foundational yogic concept that attachment leads to suffering. That's right. And it's not desire specifically. Desire is good, but it's attachment to the outcome of that desire that is problematic. So, but we fall into this, all of us, because we're human and, and yoga is a technology for helping us unpack our humanity. So yep. all of the concepts in yoga, the foundational concepts in yoga are specifically designed to meet us <laughs> with our tendencies. So this is one of our tendencies. We want to control the outcome. We want people to like us. Here's a big one. We want people to like us. If they've signed up for our email list once, we want to keep them. Of course we do, but we cannot control people. And so when we are taking actions in our business from a place of, oh gosh, I don't want somebody to unsubscribe. If that's the major motivation behind the actions we're taking, we're actually not in alignment with our deeper dharma and our, our purpose because our purpose is to help. And if you are, if your actions are coming from this lack or this sense of, I want to control the outcome, that is the opposite of practicing yoga in your business. Absolutely. <laughs> so the, in, the idea is to be really clear on your intention to speak your truth and to let the chips fall, fall where they may. And so a part of that you can practice, and this is, I love, this is why I love yoga and business together because you can practice yoga in your business so beautifully, even though at first glance, sometimes it seems like they're so opposite, but here's a really clear way to practice it is with your email list. Anybody can unsubscribe at any time. They are completely empowered to do that and you will wish them well on their journey if you're not the right guide for them at that moment. Absolutely. I hope that your listeners are hearing this because I have this big smile on my face because I actually listened to a podcast where you were speaking to just this and I have to share this quick digression story. So um, I had never looked at my MailChimp of who had unsubscribed because I figured it was none of my business. But after listening to your podcast, it just so it coincided with a um, uh, email release. And so then I clicked on that, like, and I had like, uh, like three or four unsubscribed and there was a person that unsubscribed and I kind of went, Oh, and then I was like, Oh, but I just learned to have no attachment. I'm not joking. 30 seconds later, my phone blinks. And that person had sent me a text saying, I just want you to know you had both my work and my personal on the mailing list and I unsubscribed the work. I still, I love you. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's the universe. (laughs) Is that not hilarious? And, and, you know, and then I was like, from there on, I was like, I'm never going to ever open the unsubscribe because you know what, it's none of my business. And, um, and I, like you said, you know, when the, when the student's ready, the teacher appears and, And there's always that, 
you know, next time, but that your podcast and that discussion about that, literally all that happened. And that's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to get together with you, because I, I knew you were the right person for me to uh, really focus in and tweak some of these things that I have going on. So I really appreciate you. So I just had to share that with you. <laughs> that's such a great story. Anyway. I love that. I love that. <laughs> okay. So with the emails, Knowing that our intention is to help people through them and to deepen their understanding of the work we do so that if it is right for them, they're empowered to say yes. Knowing that emailing more often with simpler emails is more effective because if you give people four options of things to do in an email, It's too much. You're taxing their prefrontal cortex, their decision-making function of their brain. Prefrontal cortex is not just the decision-making function, but that's part of it, right? So you send out an email with four things to look at. 90% of people are going to be like, oh, I'll check this out later. Four things. That's a decision. I don't have time to make decisions right now. You send out an email with one thing and the decision is yes or no, our brain recognizes that as a much less taxing decision to make. We're more likely to get people to take action on your emails if there is one invitation per email. Now, I'm not perfect about this. If you pay attention to my emails, usually I have have a podcast and then a little PS at the bottom with like an extra invitation just in case maybe maybe that podcast episode isn't the right thing for you. Who knows? But when I send out marketing emails, if I have a program that I am promoting, there is one call to action, one topic, one call to action. And that is- I can fix that a little bit. I'm just afraid of emailing people too much, but that's what you're saying is just let it be what it is. And you know, they they can hit delete or unsubscribe, right? The only people that you're emailing too much are people who are not that interested. Right. So you might as well whittle down your list anyway. It's okay. It's not, size is a vanity metric. It's about the relationship you have with your list. So both with emails and let's say with social media posts, I invite you and, and all anyone listening today to start paying attention to the people that you really follow deeply and care about. They can't email you too much. They can't post on social media too much. The only people you get annoyed by are the people that you're like kind of lukewarm about or just haven't remembered to unsubscribe yet. So it's a gift. Get those people, those less interested people off your list. They're not opening all your emails anyway. So they're lowering your open rates, which lowers your deliverability rates. Curate. An audience of people who are a smaller audience of people who are more passionate And then even as you continue to grow, grow more slowly, but grow more deeply. Right. Like those good metaphors of the garden. I'm a big gardener. So deep, deep roots, right? Deep, slow growing. Watering often. Yes. I love that. And the right nutrients. Exactly. I love that. Okay, so I am going to whittle down my um, emails. I am going to work on putting 
my platform in a member vault. Um, do you think that it's beneficial um, to do sort of what you did with the podcast where you just do a $5 per month and do a member vault or like it can be both because that's two different things. Basically your Patreon platform will be to your biggest email list and you know, I know I have people from all parts of the country, you know, and, and even overseas that would, you know, support Girlfriends Guru just because they believe, you know, in, you know, so I like that. Okay. You can have just one option or you can have three options, but have them be exactly the same. And it's just how much do you want to donate per month? Like it's a okay. donation. And, and I would, Personally, right, I'm not doing it this way right now because I started by offering things. And so I don't want to take that away from people who signed up with the promise of right. getting something. But if I were to do it over, I would say, nope, this is just for people who want to pitch in and help and say, and you can have like a one time thank you gift. Yep. Right. Keep it simple. But you don't want to obligate yourself to be creating content for two different platforms every month. I like that. I like so that. Yeah. A one-time thank you gift and you decide, do you want to pitch in five, 10 or $15 a month? Yep. So that's the Patreon and that's just to cover the costs for the podcast. Right. People don't realize how expensive it is to produce uh, podcasts. Um, and you know, from a business standpoint, it probably makes the least sense as a yoga teacher, but I just feel like that that is that messaging out there is just too important. And it's, it will be the last thing that I give up. It really will be because that's where the, that's where I feel like the passion lies. So, well, the, you know, a podcast is a good fit for some people and not a good fit for others. But for those of us who like to go deep into topics with a lot of nuance, I think the podcast is amazing, is an amazing yep. platform. So it's not for everyone. It's not for people who are really concerned about cost and it's not for like from the start mm -hmm. or don't want to spend a ton of time, right? Because you can, you can make it very cheap. You can just pay for hosting if you spend a lot of time on it yourself. Right. Right. And then um, go ahead. Oh, no. And, and the other thing, too, that I'm finding. So um, because of we're not in our cars as much these days, uh, one of the things that I'm doing for over the next four weeks is I am talking about guided meditation and I actually have a guided meditation um, in the middle of my podcast just to support everyone, because I know that there's just a, a, a big demographic of mine is people with kids and sort of the whole back to school and all of the anxiety and stuff like that. So I've made it, um, I've kind of made it almost like a podcast class and I've kept it to 15 minutes. So, um, you know, the Girlfriends Guru Talk Travel Transformation podcast will bounce around from like tools to deep dives. It's, it really has a lot of different spheres, um, which I think, you know, every episode's not for everybody, but I've, I've found that the bouncing around on topics has been really kind of fun. Definitely. 
It's very, it's very rewarding. I love it. It is. It's my happiness project. It really is. It's, it's what's brought me joy. And so it's like, Hey girlfriends, you know, this brought me just a little bit of happiness and a little bit closer to my heart space. It worked for me, hopefully by sharing, it'll help and support you. So. I love it. So back to the topic of the membership. You were asking about Patreon versus the membership. Should you have both? I think why not? As long as you make the Patreon something that's very, very low maintenance for yourself. And then the membership is going to be more work, but it's kind of where your heart passion lies. I can house online classes i can basically that is my virtual classroom correct mm -hmm. yeah okay. so what i like about whether you use member vault kajabi teachable thinkific there's a whole bunch of different platforms out there member vault is very flexible and it's also like i said has that really generous free trial so like that's that. why i mentioned member vault but you can use different platforms as well, but they're very good for organizing information. So with a membership, you want to make sure everything's really well organized. That was one of the things that Patreon did not do well, where I would release content. And then a month later, people would be like, well, where is that? I'm like, well, you have to kind of scroll down and look at all the posts and find it. It's not just organized into folders. So that's what you want. I think for a membership is just once they've paid for it, make it easy for them to find and use. And do you feel like putting um, energy towards member vault as opposed to a website? Because the website, there is no pay feature, obviously. I mean, you'd have some on your website, but, you know, that was my first model was my website was anchoring things. So people are sort of moving away from website to, to member vault. Well, so the online course platforms do a really good job of hosting videos and they're just easier to manage from the back end to provide a good user experience on the front end. The thing about websites is it's just going to be more maintenance. It's going to be a, it's going to cost more to set up because it's going to be a, more of a custom setup. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to need to spend more time putting it together and keeping it organized. So, they, it is possible to set up a website where there's a login and a password, and then that opens up the members area to you. But most people, even people with really large platforms, end up using these course platforms because it's just so much more efficient to use right. them. Right. Well, and it's less time you can spend with your with your students and your audience. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're doing the office work, it's less time that you're not... I always say, like, I go back and forth between, you know, the role of owner, manager, artist, you know, and of course, everybody wants to be in that artist space all the time, right? You know, but, you know, there is the manager where you have to go through and you have to do the back office stuff and things like that. And then the owner, you have to think big picture. So I'm always constantly juggling those hats, but of course, the artist hat is my favorite. <laughs> of course, yeah. Well, here's the thing is that even people who have a big enough audience that they hire out most of their admin and get mm -hmm. to spend 
most of their time with their artist hat on will still use these course platforms instead of right. doing a custom website. Most of them do this because it's just so much more flexible, quicker, more robust, more features with less work. Fantastic. Oh, I can't wait to check it out. Yeah. So looking at your business model based on what we've talked about today, you have the podcast as a way to meet new people, have people find out about you. Then you have the Patreon program where they can support the podcast and just raise their hand as being a supporter. And then you have the membership where you get to deepen the relationship and the connection and provide ongoing support and ongoing community within that. Then what you have beyond that, so that the nice thing about the membership is because it's fully digital, it's a little bit more stable to the vagaries of <laughs> culture shift, yes. right? You can, you can pivot right. online and whether people are comfortable being in person or not, they can participate in that. As right. things shift back to more online things, then you can start cultivating some special experiences that are geared towards the people in your membership. So what yeah. this does, what the membership does is it deepens your connection even more, right? The podcast is one way of connecting with people more deeply, but then with the interactive portion of the membership, they get to interact back with you and then you get even closer to them so that when it comes time to say, okay, I'm doing a trip again or come to my area of the world and let's do this little retreat together that you have people who trust you even more. Right. because they've already gotten the benefit of being in your membership and they have the connections with each other. So that they're excited to be in person with these people that they've gotten to know online. Absolutely. And I do think that the fall with um, schooling, um, because a lot of my, um, a lot of my base has school age children. And so they need that flexibility. They need to be able to consume the information in a very flexible way. So even though it's best intention, if you have like a Zoom call, they may need to do it at 410, not 4 p.m. You know, mm -hmm. so I kind of like the flexibility that that offers um, because I don't like getting the text back or email back going, oh, I wish I could because that's the opposite of what I'm trying to create. I don't want anybody to feel like they're missing out or that they can't, you know, I want it to be, I can. So that's what I'm trying to um, change those. I, I wish I could, I can't because to, yay, I get to, right? So I think this is gonna be a game changer. I really, really do. I'm like, I'm very, very grateful for this wisdom. Awesome. Yeah. So one of the things that's popping into my head for your audience and your vision is to have something that you would call like tea, tea and chat or something where you have, give it a really casual name where it's clear that people can come in and out. So it's not like a training like where you have to be there in the beginning, but you say like, let's, let's get together. You bring your beverage. I'll bring my beverage. You come for as much Love of it. it or as little of it as you can. And you, I will answer any questions, but we'll also like, I'll ask questions and we will just talk it out like we I would if we it. were having a party in person or a gathering in person. Oh, yay. I can talk to all my friends from all over. I love this. My girlfriends are going to gather together in our little virtual community. 
Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Do you have any follow-up questions or anything that isn't clear yet? I am sure that I will be following up with you once I dip my toe into uh, setting things up. But I think that um, I thought you, I think you've brought a lot of clarity into um, how I can pivot a little bit this fall and winter. Um, and um, I'm just really appreciative of your wisdom. Thank you. We'll, we'll figure out this new normal together. Um, and, you know, we're going to find our wings and fly, right? Absolutely. Thank you again to the generous and courageous yoga teachers who participate in these coaching calls. I've had so many listeners reach out to let me know how helpful they are. And that would not be possible without the passion and vulnerability that you embody. And also want to give a huge thank you to the patrons of the podcast who contribute to the expenses on a monthly basis. If you're curious about deepening your connection to this community and becoming a patron, I hope you'll go to teachingyoga.net slash patron to find out about all of the perks and benefits of becoming a patron. I'm so very, very grateful to have you as a listener, and I would be incredibly delighted and honored to also have you as a patron. Keeping these podcast episodes free from outside ads is really important to me, and the patrons of the podcast are what make that possible. Once again, the link to get all the details and to sign up is teachingyoga.net slash patron. And whether or not contributing to the podcast is something you're interested or is a possibility for you in this moment, I hope that you'll remember to center your own self-care and your personal practice this week. And I'll see you next week for another episode of the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Mm-hmm.